Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to implement and establish a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability and guides your growth. I want to share those strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with my listeners. I put together six easy tips that you can implement that'll improve your profitability right now. So go pick those up on my website at trajectorybiz.com. That's T-R-J-T-R-A-J-E-C-T-O-R-Y-B-I-Z.com. All right. Well, I'm really excited to have my international friend here with me today, um, Michael Haynes. Michael is a small business enterprise business growth specialist. He focuses and uh, or his focus and passion is on empowering the CEOs of service-based companies to acquire business. Those are B2B clients and to achieve the growth they seek through business innovation and sales. He lives and is, and is based out of Sydney, Australia, but works globally with many companies. So, Michael, I am so excited to have you on Profit with a Plan podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much. It's great to be on the show. Yay. Okay, so um, it, this is something that is we we had um, in our introduction call. We 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 could gone on for hours and hours on this topic of working with um, innovation and trying to make sure your business stays ahead of the curve. So, you know, you have a different view for small business owners on what innovation really is. Share that with us, Michael. Sure, Marcia. So in terms of innovation, I'm talking what organizations need to do, which is known as business innovation. Now, the official definition of business innovation, if you look it up by the, the gurus and experts, it is about making new introductions and or improvements across your business. So when we talk about business innovation, there are five areas in which you can business innovate. You can uh, business innovate in terms of your products, in terms of your services. It can be in terms of process innovation, in terms of your systems and processes that you're using. There's marketing innovation, so making improvements, introductions of new strategies. And we'll talk more about marketing uh, strategies and what is true strategic marketing, because that needs to be a critical component of how you approach the marketing element. And finally, there's organizational innovation. So that's doing things like joint ventures, strategic partnerships, collaborations. And so to really drive uh, growth in your organization, you need to be business innovating across multiple er of those elements. Uh, they've done a number of studies, Marcia, uh, across uh, small, medium-sized businesses to understand what is a high growth firm. So those firms that are able to maintain 20% or more year growth year on year. And they found that high growth firms are those firms that business innovate in at least two areas over and above product. So it's not just around technology or your product, it is about looking across your business, how to make new introductions, or they can be making simply making improvements in some of those areas across your products, across your services, across your marketing, across your systems and processes. So that's what uh, innovation, business innovation is all about. And that is the key to driving sustainable, profitable growth. I love it. I love it. And it's so important. And I think people, you know, the, the business owner gets all ramped up in his business and he's thinking, okay, if I innovate, that means I have to have a new product or I have to, you know, go into a new market. And you defined it beautifully there by saying, 
it's an introduction or a, a slight change is an innovation as well. So it could be the way you're delivering or the way you're, you're attracting or, or, or anything that you do. And it could just be a minor shift. And that's the innovation that keeps everything going. And, and I think it's so important that business owners today understand that that innovation is absolutely necessary. So this is this great conversation. Yeah. And so um, with business innovation, yes, it's introductions and or improvements. And that can be at various levels. It can be simply making new introductions that are new to your company. It could be taking um, introductions or improvements that are new to the industry. So looking at other industries and seeing, well, what are they doing in terms of how are they developing their products and their solutions and adapting some of their their approaches. It could be uh, also then often people think of innovations, which are kind of those big disruptive, you know, new to the world, you know, brand new innovation. So there's, you know, those various uh, levels, but even making new introductions, adopting from things being done in your industry, into your company that you haven't done elsewhere, or adopting uh, strategies, innovation approaches from other industries. Those are still forms of innovation, which can be highly, highly impactful. Love it. Okay, so the other area that we spoke at length about is the business to business relationship and how it's quite a bit different than going after the consumers out there and saying, okay, I'm forward facing and my client is the everyday consumer versus I'm internal facing maybe and my client is another business. So describe the, the real true differences of how businesses need to think and innovate in that world. Yes. So when you're selling to another business, so be it whether you're an accountant, you're a lawyer, you're a some kind of specialized consultant, and you're providing services and solutions to other businesses, we call that business to business or B2B. Now, one of the key elements, the key distinctions of selling to other businesses as opposed to the individual consumer is that for one, there are multiple people involved in the decision-making process. So typically you'll have, even if you're selling SMB, small business to small business, you will typically have, you know, even two decision-makers in the process. So uh, as a result of that, there are some key characteristics and things that you need to be looking out for when you're looking to operate in the business-to-business -business context. One, you need to understand, it's not enough to just understand on a customer level. So you're looking to sell into, let's say you're an IT firm looking to sell into American Airlines. It's not enough to understand American Airlines as the customer entity in terms mm -hmm. of its objectives, its challenges, um, you know, what it's trying to achieve from an IT perspective to deliver to broader goals. But we need to understand who is the buyer. So for your particular, mm -hmm. let's say you're an IT um, strategy consulting, who is the decision maker that is actually going to decide whether we're going to go with your IT consulting firm or someone else? So that is the true buyer, the true decision maker. And typically the person that makes that yes or no go decision is typically one or two people. However, I always like to uh, point out to my clients that you need to be mindful that who is the actual decision maker who's actually signing in may not be involved with or actually using your solution. So they may mm -hmm. just be the ones to come in and say, okay, we're going to go with this uh, consulting firm and we're going to, you know, and they'll sign off, but then they will have very limited involvement uh, moving forward with the actual services and solutions you're providing. So you need to understand who's making the decision, but then you also need to understand those who are influencing that decision maker. So who's the ones that's providing insights, having opinions? They might do a short list of potential, uh, you know, a potential consulting firms that could service the organization. And these 
uh, people highly regarded elsewhere in the organization. And they could be at a senior level, they could be quite mid-level, but really heavily involved in doing the work. So they were the ones that perhaps will be closer to working with that service provider. So they often will make their suggestion to the decision maker to say, we had a short list of five. I think we should only really consider companies A or B and they'll give their, their input into them. So that's another key element of uh, business uh, in business business environment because in terms of when you're talking about marketing to a business, uh, another business you're trying to sell into, you need to be understanding and your marketing and sales efforts need to aim at both the business buyer as well as those who are influencing the decision as well. Or, or business user, yeah, because the owner of the company is absolutely not doing the accounting, but the accounting software has to be user-friendly to the accounting team that's doing it. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so I think that's a nice, nice users, look at you've it. Raised, you've raised a good point. Okay. In B2B, you do need to understand user requirements and user needs, but we have to be mindful that we're making sure that we are getting those buyer, those decision maker requirements. We need to understand who they are, what is important to them, so what are their objectives, their priorities that they're trying to achieve, and also how do the decision makers make their buying decision. And this is where many businesses, large and small, get it wrong because they often focus all about user needs. And again, ah. remember, remember those who make the decision to buy. So if we go back to the IT example, it could be, let's say, the, C the CEO and the chief technology officer who are the ones that are making the decision as to whether or not we're going to sign the contract and work with the firm. But who's actually going to be involved with and using those IT strategy services could be your programmers, your analysts, your business managers, who will also have certain requirements from a much more uh, functional perspective, uh, perhaps even technical perspective. So you, you will need to understand those requirements, but we need to be making sure from a marketing perspective, when you're looking to mm. go to a prospect to sell, that we know who are the individuals involved in making the decisions, what are their priorities? And again, how do they buy? How do they make decisions? Uh, are they referring to colleagues? Are they looking at certain white papers? Do they want to see case studies? They may want demonstrations. They may want to have a workshop with you as a service provider to actually work through the program of work. So you need to understand what are those activities and sources of information, because that will heavily inform how you would market to those organizations. That's really good. I didn't, I didn't originally, uh, you know, obviously by my, my statement, I didn't originally think that, yeah, it's not just the user, but it's the teams that are buying it and, and the people and how they're buying it. So, so it's a much more sophisticated buying presentation when you're making that sale as to here's the functionality of it. And here are you, the buyers, here's what I think, here's the, val the, the valid reasons as to why you should be using my product versus, you know, the one down the street. Hmm. So a lot, lot different. Yes, and it adds, I guess, to agree a bit more complexity because with respect to uh, your marketing and preparing for how you're going to become visible in the market and to prepare even before that prospecting, you need to make those sources of information, uh, tools and activities uh, at that presence be available where your buyers seek for information. Because business buyers do a lot of independent research. Uh, they want to be able to you know, go online. They might refer to their colleagues. They want to be able to look at those white papers. They might be attending uh, those um, 
industry and professional association events, be it online or offline, they want to undertake those activities of what they read, who they speak to, who they talk to, uh, who, whose uh, opinions they rely upon. They want to be doing some of that shopping activities uh, before they want to talk to any kind of sales representatives. So you've got to really understand your market and be listening. Um, mm -hmm. And we can talk about that after. You need to be listening so you understand who those decision makers are, what you know, what sorts of information and sources and activities they undertake and where they seek that information. So you can make that visible on your website, at the, um, you know, on the appropriate social media channels, you know, being present at certain events, being on the right podcast, where the decision leaders are going for information so that as they're doing their independent research, uh, evaluating, shortlisting, that they can undertake those activities uh, with you in mind and knowing how you're going to help them deliver their um, objectives. I like that. So it takes it all the way back to you building out your brand and everything you're doing and how you're getting out there with building those white papers, because if they're searching for white papers, having that um, being at those uh, trade shows and having the information that they could search you for. I love it. That's so much, so much more that we have to think about as business owners in the B2B space than it would be if you were just, you know, Putting a putting an advertisement out looking to bring in um, uh, Betty Smith and her friend uh, to get a service, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, advertising does have its place, but mm -hmm. uh, the dynamics of uh, uh, B two B and how business buyers are buying has really changed significantly. <clears throat> now, I know I made a, a comment just previously in terms of different sources of information, you know, white papers, case studies, et cetera. We need to be really mindful now though, that because of what's been transpiring over, you know, the tw past 12 to 18 months, there's a lot of been, people been putting out a lot of content out there, mm. what I call, like yes. call content vomit, okay? It's just yes. been, you know, every how, every how-to paper, every listicles and all of that. And in this particular environment now, we have a lot of uh, business owners or uh, business leaders that are looking to really understand how to take their businesses forward. That mm. could be for business recovery or business growth. And there's been a lot of studies done, such as by the likes of Gartner Research, which have found a lot of business leaders now are actually somewhat overwhelmed and confused because there was so much content going out last yes. year as we're all locked down at home. There's so much content out there. Often, while it's all coming from very trustworthy, you know, uh, reputable sources, it often can be contradictory and confusing. Mm -hmm. So really what business buyers, decision makers are looking for, they're looking for decision maker confidence. They want to have confidence in themselves and what they need to do in terms of making those right decisions and knowing what exactly they have to do in terms of how to move forward to meet those objectives that they may have to take their businesses forward. Therefore, as business owners, as product and service providers, we need to be uh, providing that sense making and road mapping to helping them make sense of, okay, the white paper says this, Marcia says something else. I went to webinar said, and the head of the webinar was saying something completely different. What's yeah. relevant for me? Um, what does this all mean? And what again should be my roadmap to be enable me to achieve my objectives, which could be around growth, profitability, uh, product market expansion. So it's really around making, helping them make sense of their environment and really connecting the dots and giving them that roadmap to, to move forward. So that's really going to have a lot of implications in terms of the kinds of 
content that you're going to be providing would really have to be uh, around really helping them to make sense of the world. And it also can mean a need for more engagement, doing things like mm. having meetings, having workshops where you can really demonstrate and really working with them to show what's a roadmap, helping them to develop the plan to move forward. So that's something um, your listeners really want to be quite mindful of. Oh, I love that idea because, you know, how do you, it, it, it is, it, it is a crowded space right now. The, the, with all the content out there, how do you differentiate yourself? And you just gave us a fantastic idea of saying, well, I understand, you know, recognizing that there's, you know, way, way, way too much content out there and, and a path that they can take, you know, a, a step-by-step or the workshop. That's, really brilliant ideas. So love that. Okay. So let's, um, let's go back to, um, we talked about innovation and, and how innovation really represents in the, in the small business world. We talked about the different ways that when you're selling into the B2B world and how that um, will affect the, the things that you're doing and content and all, but you've hit on several times in here, marketing and you, and, and I know like me, you're a marketing junkie and, and it is part of every business growth strategy is getting that brand and, and pieces out there. Tell me what you're, what you're seeing in the industry right now that's being helpful. Okay, in terms of marketing, in order to really drive growth, you really need to be undertaking strategic marketing. And this is something that I get on my soapbox a little bit about because climb uh, up there. <laughs> um, I'm going to climb on the soapbox now because, in terms of marketing, uh, many people, including business leaders, irrespective of a small or large organization, often them don't really have a very strong understanding of what true strategic marketing is. Because mm-hmm. to drive growth, you really need three elements. You need uh, strategic marketing and, and strategic marketing involves you having a complete understanding of what's going on uh, from an external environment perspective in terms of understanding your industry and your market, understanding your uh, competition, understanding your customers. So you really have to have that in-depth understanding, which I call listening, having that in-depth understanding on the markets, your customers, um, and right down to a buyer level. So, you know, what are the priorities? What's going on in terms of what do your companies, your markets need? What do those business buyers need? By having that in-depth understanding, that tells you where you need to be focusing. And so by having that clarity on terms of where you need to be focusing based on the markets and customers you're going after, the buyers you're going to have to engage with, then that will determine where you need to innovate based on those market customer buyer needs. What are the different different elements that are going to be required from your customers. Are they going to need new solutions? Do they need perhaps uh, improvements around service innovation? So new levels of service and uh, service and support. So they might need certain kinds of training. They might need um, a certain uh, levels and certain options in terms of uh, service, be it online, face-to-face. Um, they may need some sort of hybrid solution. It's going to tell you in terms of marketing, what are going to be those marketing strategies, B2B specific strategies you need to utilize. So it's about having that depth of and clarity and specificity of understanding, which you gain through your marketing, uh, which requires you to be, be working across the organization to gain that depth of understanding and then determining what are the different elements across your business, uh, which is often going to involve product, customer service, uh, customer experience, uh, as well as your sales team. What are the different elements you're going to need to be working and improving upon? So it's really about working cross-functionally. Uh, mm. but taking a very buyer-driven, uh, holistic, strategic, buyer-driven approach. Wow, I love that. 
Okay, so now that we're looking at a buyer-driven path and we're looking very strategically at the pieces that are involved with it and across the multiple platforms, um, what are some of the ways that we can really make that move? And, you know, because there's so much noise out there with the content and in the marketing attacks, um, how do you how do you separate yourself? So how do you separate yourself? Um, well, first, it's around the senior management team really stepping back and making some decisions. So first, um, you need to be listening, listening to what I call listening to you. So first, understanding what are the goals and objectives of what it is you're trying to achieve. So where are you looking to take your business forward? So getting some clarity and understanding around that. And what's going to drive that decision in terms of where you want to be taking your business forward will be based on, okay, the goals that you will have, you know, we're taking a bit of an audit in terms of, okay, where's the company had success? What are its mm -hmm. strengths? You know, where they had success? Where do you have a lot of skills, knowledge, and capabilities? Um, taking a look at your sales data to understand, well, well what kinds of products industries uh, and or markets where we've had success. So understanding those elements. Then it's about, again, then um, understanding, well, what's going on in the industry that we're currently operating and which ones may, might we want to be operating in? Uh, so that's where you may be looking to do a little bit of, of research to be understanding, okay, well, what are those trends? What are those sectors um, that we're currently operating or we might consider that are, that are growing that we might want to operate in. And then finally, then it's about really making sure you have an understanding of the potential customers, your current customers that you have, you know, what are their needs? What are their requirements? Has that changed? And what are you going to have to do to be able to better serve those clients? Uh, because your current customers are always a, a, a great starting point. Um, so making sure you understand what they need. So that might be coming up with some new um, products and solutions. Uh, it could be new uh, new services that you may need to provide so that you can be getting them to stay with you and increase their spend. And then of course, understanding the needs of new prospective customers that you want to be getting as well. So that starting point really starts with, again, with that listening and having that understanding of where your company is, where you want to go, and then what are the needs of those markets and customers that you want to be serving. And then looking at how can we be better filling those customer also buyer needs so that we can, you know, um, gain that visibility, gain that awareness, keep the client, current clients that we have and hopefully getting them to spend more. And then looking at what are the opportunities in terms of how we can innovate and go into and undertake what we need to do to be able to capture those new customers, those new markets and eventually drive those sales and grow. Wow. So you hit it on the head. I think most small businesses, and we're talking small, so maybe not medium, medium probably already has this piece going, but they just react through their day. And <clears throat> excuse me, they chase clients and they put out fires and they chase more clients and they put out more fires, but they don't sit back and go, hey, do I really truly understand? And you use that word over and over and over again. Do I understand what my company is supposed to be doing, what the role is that we're providing for our consumers, right? And, and in this case, the other businesses that we're working with and truly understanding their needs. So I think that that's a piece that because we're so reactive, we forget to come back and go, hey, let's evaluate the situation that we're all in us, our clients, our, our, our product and service, the competition, and then what our client needs. I mean, that's a big shift that, that many don't do. They don't take the time to do it. 
Marcia, it's uh, something that many businesses, I say full stop, don't do. Um, I've worked with do a lot of work with small and medium-sized businesses. Um, even back when I was working with in, with in corporate, that is something that they often don't do. And it is quite critical now more than ever in this particular environment. There have been a lot of changes that have been occurring in different industries, within companies, even over the past six months. So you really need to be doing, again, what I call that listening, gaining that understanding of where are things in those industries, within those companies, even with your current clients. How have things changed? You may have had new management teams. There could be new priorities that have been set. Um, you know, often many businesses are, are they're pivoting, you know, which is, you know, they're trying to innovate and change direction, which means they may be requiring new skill sets, uh, mm -hmm. new solutions, uh, you know, new offerings from you. So you have to be keeping on the pulse to be understanding what has been happening with respect to those um, clients that you're currently serving the ones that you're looking to serve to understand how things are changing to understand how your company needs to name uh, needs to be relevant do they need to come up with uh, for example if you're an IT consulting firm perhaps you need to come up with some new training programs um, a new set of new suite of consulting solutions as your uh, your end client is going into a new particular industry for example so you've got to be having that understanding to be continually interacting listening to know how you need to be making and keeping your business relevant and what's that going to mean which is where the innovation means those new introductions and improvements to keep relevant and attractive to both your current clients and the new clients and markets that you're going after but so you have one to get time to step back to work on the business, which and is things so forgotten, uh, to be able to be doing that listening, that thinking, and that planning to move forward. So it's quite critical. Lots of business, there are a lot of small businesses that are quite disciplined that do so. For example, I've got a law firm in Toronto that I've been working with quite regularly. The MD is very disciplined about making sure that they actually have allocated time for their, you know, they do their annual strategic plans, but then they are also be meeting quarterly to understand how are things changing uh, in the different markets that they serve? What does that mean across the business? But they have a very robust process that's set up and it's a it's a mid it's a mid-sized firm we're talking 50 people but it's not a large corporate but you know they have instilled that discipline of having that um, annual planning process around their growth plans and then having a regular cadence to be making sure that they're maintaining monitoring and flexible and adapting as required so all businesses really need to have that discipline and putting those systems in place yep and they just don't do it they 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 don't take the time to work on their business instead of in their business. And I think that the, the reaction I get back from my folks that I talk to is, oh, I just don't have time. Well, or it's going to not make me money or it's not going to, you know, it's going to take money to do that. And my feedback to them with this is that it's going to improve your time. It's going to increase your income and profits on it. And it really doesn't take that much money or time to set up, set aside to do it. But that discipline, like you explained with your attorney, um, that is incredible to have that discipline to say, let's strategically plan for where we want to go, how we're going to do it, how we can make these improvements and set it up on a quarterly basis and yeah. say, hey, okay, let's take a, a couple hours and review what we're doing. Are we on track? It's so for you and I, it's something that we're like, yeah, come on, it's simple. But for so many small businesses, they're like, yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and Marcia, you no longer cannot make time for it. Um, so true. It is 
far too competitive now. There have been a lot of changes and disru uh, disruptions and changes that have been and are continuing to occur. There are a lot more um, competitors in the marketplace because for a lot of industries, for a lot of our service-based clients that we that you and I both serve, a lot of our client our clients are going online in terms of providing their products and their services online, which means it opens up, you get a lot more companies there. The competitive space is far more crowded now. So you really have to be maintaining relevancy, gaining cut through. So it is critical not devoting time to be working on the business and have a means of how you're going to do that planning around growth and how you're going to set up that plan, execute that monitor and execute that plan is to the detriment of your business. It's not an option now whether you're going to be uh, uh, doing any kind of planning to be working on the business. It's just essential. Um, I, 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 hundred percent, a hundred percent. Michael, this has been a fabulous conversation. We've talked about innovation. We've talked about how to go get those B2B clients and how it's such a different market than, than the B2C world. And then we, sp we spoke about you know, strategic marketing and strategic planning. This has been so valuable for, for me. You know, you're singing my song on, on every level. And, and having the clients, um, the, the listeners to, to really gain this insight and, and hear it from others that it is absolutely uh, imperative that they take this time to work on their business. So this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And where can listeners find out more about you, Michael? Uh, thank you. So listeners can go onto my website, listeninnovategrow.com. And so on the website there, there's a whole array of uh, content, videos, articles, um, uh, podcast interviews there as well. Um, in the show notes, you, they'll also be able to get the link to my checklist, the ultimate CEO checklist, which Ooh. basically it's a, it's a short uh, four page document uh, that uh, covers off what are some of the uh, key considerations around those elements of listening, innovating and growth uh, for you to a bit of a self-evaluation uh, of your business to use it as a good starting point to understand in terms of your growth plan, your, you know, your, your growth journey, understanding, you know, where are you at? What are some of those gaps that you may need to focus and work on? So that's at listeninnovategrow.com. Uh, there you're also able to find out about my range of services and turning the consulting services, as well as my new mastermind group uh, for SME leaders called Empower, which will be launching at the end of September. Uh, so if your listeners who are SME leaders of service-based businesses and are looking to interact with some peers globally on a regular basis for uh, brainstorming, inspiration, insights, um, they can definitely go on to listen to innovategrow.com. There'll be information around Empower, the Empower Mastermind Group, which is coming out in a few weeks. Love it. This is this is so important. And um, business owners and leaders cannot live in a bubble or a vacuum. They've got to be with others that are having similar challenges. And so that mastermind really allows you to get into a, a, a group of people that are um, trying to, you know, pound the same kind of uh, nail into a wall that you are and share that idea. So that's a really super valuable idea. Thank you, Michael. I think, uh, I think that's a, a great opportunity out there for, for listeners. So I hope um, you found an idea or two that you can put into your practice and your business that will help you be more profitable. I know these ideas that Michael has shared with us today and what we've been preaching for a long time on here are very similar and they're so important for you out there. Um, just a reminder, go pick up um, 
those six tips that I've uh, told you about that will improve your profitability right now. They're quick, little, easy action moves that you can take. Go to my website, trajectorybiz.com. And uh, as always, we'd love to hear your questions or feedback. So please comment and subscribe for on the podcast so you can hear about next week's show as well. And then you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much.